deception in the church part 12 what happens when you take the belt of truth off if you take off the belt your destination for a belief system is going to be Babylon without a shadow of a doubt now as we go into this section I'm going to be talking about Babylon and, I, and, and much of what I'm going to be saying is my personal interpretation of what I see Babylon as and what I see Babylon doing. And you have, feel free to disagree with me. It, it, it's not going to make a significant difference. Remember, the, the, the differences would be who do you say Jesus is, what is your opinion of the word, what is your opinion of the cross and the salvation of Jesus Christ and sanctification, which is godly behavior and holiness before God. Those are the four things which I would take issue with. The other stuff, well, we can we can discuss things. But I believe that if you take off the belt of truth, your destination for a belief system will be Babylon. If that truth is not your foundation, you are going to build on Babylon and you are going to be building in Babylon. And here's another frightening thing that will take place. God will actually send you there with a delusion. And the ultimate result of your sojourn or your being sent into Babylon or your deliberate intentionality of going into Babylon is that you will be enslaved to the Antichrist and you will worship him. And ultimately that is satanic worship. Israel went into Babylon and had to bow down before Nebuchadnezzar. Currently, the world has been led to ultimately, eventually bow down and worship the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, we have an interesting passage of scripture. Paul is writing to the church about the man of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist. And there are a couple of significant things in the passage that I want to bring to your attention before we just briefly look at this introduction into uh, this series of messages regarding Babylon. Verse 1. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by a word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, 
God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. If you sit down and actually begin to study scripture and let scripture explain itself without any deconstructionalism taking place or interpreting scripture according to situation, it becomes very, very revealing and for me, sobering, frightening. Now there are a couple of things here I want to just highlight for you just to, so that I can begin to show you where I'm going and, and, and what we're going to be studying when we go into this section called Babylon. Verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come until a rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Very interesting. Again, deception. By now, you should start to be making the connection between studying the subject of deception within the church or coming against the church with eschatology, with end times. The two go in one. All right, if you study end times and you go into Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives the signs of his coming and four times to one, he talks about deception coming in the last days. And here Paul is writing a, a hundred years, or a, a, between 70 and 100 years post Jesus. And even then he is talking about the deception coming that already is. Very interesting. Now, a deception is going to come for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. And there is, going to, there is going to be a deliberate intentionality of, of society and many, many people in the so-called church that will be in rebellion against the things of God. And they are going to begin to align themselves with the false prophet and with the Babylonian system. And ultimately that system which Paul then says is already at work in verse 7, the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. So Babylon is a system that is manifesting throughout history. Babylon for him was the Roman Empire. And so that system is already at work. That system in our lives, in our time, is already at work, although it is a lot closer to when it was in, 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 in Paul's time. Now that system operates in accordance with Satan's works. And Satan works by displays of power through signs and wonders. Verse 9. Now, in progressivism, in ecumenicalism, in emergent church philosophy where love conquers all, People have been sold a lie that God ultimately is a God of love and so he's just going to whitewash everybody's sin and decisions, etc., etc. They will find it very, very difficult and so they will shred certain passages of the New Testament like this one. Where in verse seven, uh, verse 11 or second part of verse 10 it says, They perish. 
because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And you heard what Carolyn was saying in the last sermons with regards to loving the truth. Not only loving Jesus, but also loving the Word of God. And that's quote that we got from Derek Prince, which was very impactful in my life. So, people are going to perish. Alright, there it is. People are going to perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. This is one of the reasons why, as we go after the Babylonian section, we look at the cross of Jesus Christ and, and, and salvation. That is why they have to attack that. They have to attack who Jesus is. They have to attack the authority of the word which explains who Jesus is, how we are supposed to relate, them, relate to him, and how through the cross we are to relate to him and to, the God, to God the Father through the truth. And how then we are supposed to live our lives. If you study the prodigal son, now so many people mistake the prodigal son with the lost sheep. Oh, you've got to go and, go and look after him. If people are in chosen rebellion, if people are refusing love, verse 11, for this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. Go and read again Romans chapter 1. I've spoken to you about Romans chapter 1. And so, in verse 12, that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. The Bible says, not a person, not an individual, the Bible says that if you refuse to love the truth, you will not be saved. That God will send you Towards your destruction with the lie that you are holding on to. And there is a condemnation coming for those who do not believe the truth, but who delight in wickedness. If you take off the belt of truth, your destination for a belief system will be Babylon. If you choose to go to Babylon... Hear me now. God's not going to stop you. He's not going to stop you. So we've got to be very, very sober as we approach these four critical points. Who is Jesus? What is the word to us? What is the cross to us? And what is appropriate and godly behavior in our lives? We've got to be very serious and biblical and grab onto biblical truth as we go in and discuss this. Israel... Continually through the Old Testament is our example. And whenever Israel begins to take off the belt of truth, they go into judgment. And over the time of the history of the Israelites, the judgment slowly, slowly increased and got more and more severe until it's climaxed into the captivity when Nebuchadnezzar came during the time of Jeremiah and took captive the people of Israel. Now, what I want you to understand about Israel is Israel is a picture of what will happen to us. Israel is an example of how God will deal with us. Pure and simple. Look and study the Old Testament. Look at the stories in the Old Testament. Look at what the prophets would say to the nation 
in the Old Testament. And look at how God responds to Israel in the Old Testament. And you will see an example given for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 to 13. Again, a passage of scripture. And within this passage of scripture, there are some very, very interesting verses of scripture. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now here's the kicker. Verse 6. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overcome you except that what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Let's just look at this a little bit here and spend some time here just opening up a couple of these verses of Scripture and, and, and looking at them. Then when I'm finished this, we're going to look at Jeremiah's belt. Verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I'm going to be discussing the love of God as we go into the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be discussing God's way of how he handles people, how he handles sin, biblically speaking. The, the lie that, of universalism is that at the end of everything, God is going to give everybody, no matter what they are, who they are, what they have done, a pass, and everybody's going to be sitting in heaven. Because love conquers all. The problem I have with this kind of philosophy, this kind of teaching, is that if you really begin to study the word of God, it doesn't match up. God was not pleased with most of them. So God was not pleased with most of the children of Israel whom he brought out of Egypt. And so what happened to them? They died in the desert as a punishment for sinning, for breaking his commandments, for not believing. In verse 6, okay, in verse 11, we get the tie-in. Verse 6, now these things occurred as examples to us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Alright? 
That is really, really powerful. In verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the age has come. So in these two verses of scripture, we see that what happened to the children of Israel, whom God chose and God loved and God called and God set free, their story was recorded as an example for us. Their story was written down as a warning for us on what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. Especially as it comes to where our heart gets set as this age of the Gentiles comes to an end. The culmination of the ages has come. Here in this passage of scripture, Paul gives a couple of ideas on what we shouldn't be doing. And that is don't become an idolater in the church. Anything that is a priority over God is idolatry. It could be a thought. It could be a teaching. It could be a favorite preacher. It could be a desire of your heart. It could be a person. Whatever it is. It's not going to go well for you. Sexual immorality. Illicit sexual immorality. It's not going to go well for you. Testing God. Putting God to the test. It's not going to go well for you. And grumbling. Grumbling like Korah grumbled. Grumbling like the children of Israel grumbled against the leaders. Because the leader Moses was leading them into what God wanted them to, to go into. Which was the promised land. And they continually grumbled against him. These things happened to them as examples. And were written down as warnings for us. On whom the culmination of the age has come. So if you think you are standing firm. Be careful that you don't fall. Be careful. Pay attention. Guard your heart. Because the views in your heart. The belief systems in your heart. Are going to dictate what you say. And what you do. And if you take the belt of truth off. You are definitely. On your way to Babylon. Let's look at Jeremiah's belt. <coughs> Excuse me. There are three things I want to look at, uh, want you to look at as I read two passages of scripture in Jeremiah 13, 1 to 11 and 15, verse 15 to 17. There are a couple of things I want you to look at. First of all, and this is what Carolyn spoke about in the last series of sermons. A belt without water is ruined. So the word without the spirit not going to do you much good. The second thing I want you to look at is through pride, people walk to Babylon. People will find themselves in Babylon. And then the third thing is that all paths outside of the truth lead to Babylon. And then that, that is going to basically lead us into a few podcasts where we're going to talk about Babylon. Now as we look at them, Israel, I want you to begin applying this to your thought process. For example, Israel is the church. Israel represents the church. Israel represents you. What they did and what they went through, we are doing right now and we are going to go through right now. How they responded to God and his prophets is how we respond to God and his prophets right now. 
ultimately where they were headed and where they ended up, we are headed in the same direction and we will end up in Babylon as well. This is going to happen. Now, if you take the belt of truth off, your destination for a belief system is going to be Babylon. If the truth is not your foundation, you are going to build in Babylon or on Babylon. And God is going to allow you to do that and send you a delusion. And the ultimate result of spending time in Babylon, mixing it up with the Babylonians, is you will be enslaved to the Antichrist. All right, let's go and read Jeremiah 13, 1 to 11. And uh, in that passage, that, that statement I've made there over the next couple of sermons or podcasts, you'll, you'll see me outline my thought process in why I've just said what I've said. Jeremiah 13, 1 to 11. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen belt and put it round your waist, but do not let it touch water. So I bought a belt as the Lord directed and put it around my waist. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the belt you bought and are wearing around your waist. Go now to Perath and hide it in, the cre- in a crevice in the rocks. So I went and hid it at Perath as the Lord told me. Many days later the Lord said to me, Go now to Perath and get the belt I told you to hide there. So I went to Perath and dug up the belt and took it from the place where I had hidden it. But now it was ruined and completely useless. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord says. In the same way I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. These wicked people refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods to serve and worship them, will be like this belt, completely useless. For as a belt is bound round the waist, so I bind all the people of Israel and all the people of Judah to me, declares the Lord, to be my people for my renown and praise and honor, but they have not listened. Verse 15, hear and pay attention. Do not be arrogant, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings the darkness, before your feet stumble on the darkening hills. You hope for light, but he will turn it to utter darkness and change it to deep gloom. If you do not listen, I will weep in secret because of your pride. My ears will my eyes, sorry, will weep bitterly, overflowing with tears, because the flock, the Lord's flock, will be taken captive. A belt without water is ruined. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this because Carolyn really covered this well. Jeremiah had to wear a belt for a while, just like the Jewish people. And the nation had a belt on for a while, but they kept on taking it on, taking it off. So God tells Jeremiah, go and take the belt off and hide it at the Euphrates. And there it dehydrates. If the belt is not looked after, it's going to degrade and it's going to crumble. Now here's one of the points. There are people out there in the church today who are questioning and deconstructing the Word of God and are or adding to the Word of God. There are also people out there in the church today who 
are not faithful in holding the word of God to themselves, belted around them. And they are hiding the word of God from their lives. So these people look at the belt of truth and they think, well, no, we, this, this doesn't apply to today. So we will change up the message. We will deconstruct the message to suit our postmodernistic worldview or our, or our biblical worldview that has been influenced by the Babylonian postmodernist worldview. We will interpret this belt according to our society. So if society dictates a certain type of behavior, well then, the belt needs to reflect what society says. Uh, they read it, they study it, they write books about it, they preach it, but it has become a dry book because they have neglected it. They have taken it off. The belt is only effective... When the water of life, the Holy Spirit, gives it the life and you apply it within your life. There has to be water on the belt. And Carolyn spoke about it. And if you've missed that message, go back, download it and listen to it. If there is no water in the belt, it's a, it, the, the, the Bible will be just like any other book. So Jeremiah was told, go get a belt put it on, wear it a while, go take the belt off, go get the belt back, put it on, but now he cannot use it because the belt is useless. He can't put water on it because he's been neglecting it. Because of the neglect of the belt, because of the neglect of the word of God, there will come a time in a person's life when they will need the word of God they will need to use the word of God. They will need to apply the word of God. But that belt will be useless to them. Verse 15 to 17 in this passage is, is, is for, me, for me, it's a frightening verse of scripture. Hear and pay attention. Do not be arrogant for the Lord has spoken. Now remember what I said previously about 1 Corinthians Israel is our example. So Jeremiah the prophet is coming in and he is prophesying to the people. Repent. Stay out of it. Get out of it, Babylon. Get out of these wicked ways. Pay attention to the truth. Gather yourself around the Lord. And they are just not listening to him. And so what the Lord does is through Jeremiah the threat of captivity comes. For me, that's frightening because the people did not accept the word of Jeremiah, but rejected him, abused him, mocked him, ridiculed him. Until Nebuchadnezzar actually came and took them captive. Verse 15, hear and pay attention. Do not be arrogant for the Lord has spoken. And you will see when I study Babylon and we look at Babylon future now in Revelation 17, these words will become a very, very real echo into our modern day and to our people today. Verse 16, give glory to the Lord your God before he brings the darkness, before your feet stumble on the darkening hills. Remember 2020 vision? Not good. It's not going to help you. 
You hope for light, but he will turn it to utter darkness and change it to deep gloom. Now, this is, this is what really saddens me and this is what really, really frightens me. Because when the Babylonian captivity of the modern church begins to take place, what are people going to do when the darkness comes and they don't have light? Verse 17, if you do not listen, this is what the Lord is saying, I will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly, overflowing with tears, because the Lord's flock will be taken captive. In many lives today where people say they are born again believers and disciples, in many gatherings of the church where disciples gather together and call themselves a gathering of the Lord at church and call themselves disciples, the word of God is not being taught. And the word of God empowered by and through the Holy Spirit, is not being released. And so what is, what is happening in the church is that an element of church leaders and an element of people within the church, and we'll be talking about the different types of leaders you get in the church and the different types of people you get in the church at a, at a later stage. These leaders... These preachers will take a few verses of scripture out of context. They'll add a few anecdotes. They'll put up a few stories. They'll spice it all up and they will add it into a show. But it's all hype. It is all motivated through motivational psychology. It's motivational psychology that appeals to a specific seeker, consumer audience. You know, cherry pick some scriptures Give it a pseudo-spirituality. Package it in this powerful uh, motivational promotion. And voila, you have a church service today. Interpret the word of God according to situational ethics and experiential theology. And man, voila, you walk out of church and you are feeling great. All roads then for you will begin to lead to Babylon. That's my warning to you. There is a whole lot of preaching today that has nothing to do with the belt of truth with water added onto it. I really appeal to you to cling on to God and cling to His Word. To pray and beseech the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. But there is a group of people who are not going to listen, who are not listening to his word, to the word, to the belt of truth, to the anointing power of the Holy Spirit who wants to come in and illuminate the word into your life and help you apply it to your life. They are not listening. So the belt. Alright, the belt. They had it. They took it off. And the minute they took it off, the breastplate fell. And they began walking into Babylon. The belt without water is ruined. Number two, through pride, we, we step into extra biblical truth. 
pride is the root where these people are starting to preach extra biblical truth. You look down into their lives. Besides all the other things that we're going to be discussing, sexual immorality, a love for pleasure, a love for money, a love for, for, for being a rock star, famous. At the root of it all is pride. The, what is the first thing that happens when you take off the belt? The breastplate falls to the ground. Righteousness that is protecting your heart, the righteousness of Christ, that is protecting your heart from deception and from condemnation falls to the ground and you are unprotected and the fiery darts of deception and condemnation start coming into your soul and start hitting your mind, start hitting your will and there is activating you to action and that action will be a sin action. When you remove your belt, when you remove the truth, then how else can someone stand up and justify preaching and practicing and doing the things they're doing in the name of Jesus Christ? How can they justify it? How can, how can someone sit in a congregation and get told, go and eat grass because this is the word of God. This is the living word of God. You're going to get the life of God in you. Where, where on earth do people allow themselves to come under such demonic deception? It starts by taking off the belt of truth. So false doctrine is rooted in pride. Jeremiah 39-10. This is what the Lord says. In the same way I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. These wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods to serve and worship them, will be like this belt, completely useless. Now remember, the worship of other gods in our modern day and era, people might be worshipping ideologies, people might be worshipping thoughts and ideas, but behind those thoughts, ideas, ideologies and movements are demonic forces of darkness, Babylon. Alright, the end result of pride is uselessness. Listen again, verse 10, Jeremiah 13. These wicked people refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, and go after other gods to serve and worship them, will be like this belt, completely useless. The result of pride in a person's life Effectively is uselessness. That, that person, that ministry, that, those giftings become useless. The cause of the first sin by Lucifer was pride. The cause of man's sin, I believe, in the Garden of Eden, through the temptation of Lucifer, was pride. Pride is the sin, the foundational sin... And from that root, that root of pride, that root of self, that root of me, myself, I, I am, from that root, all the other sins begin to grow. But you will always be able to trace it back to I will. I will have my own way. I will do my own thing. It is my way or the highway. And that is the root of pride. That is how pride manifests in different sayings and words. The result of that effectively in a person's life 
is uselessness. Whatever is birthed in pride will also be protected by violence. Look at how these people, the Babylonian system, is now beginning to protect themselves against the absolute truth of God. They are becoming more and more violent in protection of their system, of their philosophy. So you come to them and you say, you see this behavior? That's a result of pride. It's a wrong behavior. That behavior is sin. And if they say to you, oh, you've just hurt me. You've hurt my mental feelings. They can attribute and charge you with a, a hate crime. And you will go to jail. Protection with violence, the root of pride. False doctrine is rooted in pride. Many in the church are not listening. Just like they were not listening in Jeremiah's day, they are not listening today. And in verse 8 to 11 in Jeremiah 13, it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Now here it is, verse 10. These wicked people who refuse to listen to my words. Alright? They refuse to listen to God. Who follow the, wicked, the stubbornness of their hearts, go after other gods and serve and worship them, will be like the belt, completely useless. Verse 11. For as a belt is bound round the waist, so I bind all people of Israel and all the people of Judah to me, declares the Lord. Now here it is. To be my people for my renowned praise and honor. Why are we bound to the Lord? Why are we here? To be his people of his renown, of his praise and of his honor. But they have not listened. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.3. He says this. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires. There it is. Root of pride. I will. They will gather round them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Why is there a proliferation of false doctrine in the church today? Because people through pride want their ears tickled. They do not want to be told what they are doing is wrong. And so they have to begin to change who Jesus is, what the word is, what the cross is. And sanctification, holiness, behavior before the Lord. What happened to Israel when they did not listen? Babylon. Where will the apostate church end up in the culmination of the age before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that she's going to be riding on the back of the Antichrist and supporting his plan for humanity. And he will then turn on her, grab all her power, wealth and all her people and make them worship him, Satan, Babylon. Now, let's go into my third point, very small point, and this is going to lead me into my next series. So, the next podcast will be We'll be starting to discuss Babylon. Effectively, you take the belt of truth off, your destination and your belief system is going to be Babylon. So we're going to be looking at Babylon then and we're going to be looking at Babylon now. We're going to be looking at how the destination of the ecumenical church movement will lead into the one faith movement. And that is going to be led by the false prophet 
And that is the Babylonian system. We're going to be looking at the Babylonian system and how it operates. Very briefly, Jeremiah 13 verse 15 to 17. Hear and pay attention. Do not be arrogant for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness. Before your feet stumble on the darkening hills. You hope for light. But he will turn it into utter darkness and change it to deep gloom. If you do not listen, I will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will weep bitterly, overflowing with tears, because the Lord's flock will be taken captive. As I end off this podcast, please take this warning. If you take the belt off, your destination for a belief system is going to be Babylon. If the truth is not your foundation, you are going to be building on and in Babylon. And God is going to send you further delusion. The ultimate result is going to be ending up being enslaved to the Antichrist. I have a book where you can look at finding a discipleship environment. It will give you a few pointers in finding a group of believers who are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and hold to truth and want to follow the truth and get into the truth. You can download it at www.life-house.net forward slash fade.pdf If you have any further inquiries or, or, or whatever, just message us through our Facebook or email, email us and uh, when Ben gives the conclusion of this message, of this podcast. Get yourself into the Word of God. That is your primary job. And if you're a father, and if you're a mother, if you're a head of a home, get your family into the Word of God. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate Scriptures to you. So that he will lead you into all truth. And he will testify about all things concerning Jesus. If you find in any way teachings where you are currently serving that are contrary to the four points that we've mentioned. In two we've discussed so far. Two we're going to be doing after the Babylonian series. A set of sermons here. I really believe you need to pray before the Lord and ask Him to lead you into a group that really seeks the Lord, that is there to honor Him, to worship Him, to praise Him, to listen to Him, to to bind His truth to them. If you find in difficulty doing that, get the book the way I've mentioned and it gives you a few pointers and it, and it gives you a few ideas in terms of being able to ask questions about finding a discipleship environment. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you will just help each person who's listened to this podcast to grab hold of your truth and to bind it strongly to them. I pray, Lord, that through the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, you will release such a revelation of truth, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of who you are into their lives. And that you, through the Holy Spirit, will lead them to the Father. Lead them into all truth, Lord Jesus. Protect them and seal them by the Holy Spirit right now for your service. And Lord, we ask these things in and through your name. Amen. God bless. Next sermon, Babylon. Hey guys, Ben here just concluding David's sermon on uh, what happens when you take off the belt of truth, part 12. 
in our Deception in the Church series. David wanted me to mention that if you are interested at all in us equipping you or helping you at all in uh, finding a discipleship environment, um, feel free to please email us. And you can email us at brisbane at life-house.net. And Brisbane, for those of you who are international and don't know Australia that well, Brisbane is spelt B-R-I-S-B-A-N-E at life dash house dot net. You can contact us there and we are genuine about wanting to really equip you guys with being able to really discern between environments and find out what a discipleship environment is. And I'll mention it again, David's book on the subject, Finding a Discipleship Environment, is available now for free download if you go www.life-house.net slash F-A-D-E, Finding a Discipleship Environment, F-A-D-E dot P-D-F. And you can find the free ebook there. Thanks very much and have a blessed week. You'll hear back from David next week. Thank you.